Welcome to Waking from the American Dream. This is Kelly Carlin. Two, three. There is one whom I have wronged, and he looks at me angrily. This bothers me. No matter what I do. Offer my apologies Always he ignores my pleas But I ask myself What the better man would do He would forgive me So I'll forgive me too There have been so many times That I have felt so low I would rather die Than look at me someone else's view And always there were those who would gladly tell me I'm no good But I ask myself what the better man would do He would love me so I will love me too I've been ashamed the life that I've been living Take my hand Tell me I'm forgiven Take my hand and tell me I'm forgiven. So if you're walking down the street and you see a soul who's in defeat, don't you pass him by, no matter what you do. Because, brother, don't you understand that when you land a helping hand, person that you really help is you yeah love your neighbor and he will love you too if you do the things if you do the things hey if you do the things the better man Whoa, do. 
And that is Mr. Eric Schwartz with uh, A Better Man, which I just love that organ at the end. It just um, makes me feel like I'm in church. Uh, so, you know, and I think that's a great song to kick off the show uh, since the topic today. Uh, we're doing it. We're going to do an octagon um, table discussion here about the en- enlightenment, enlightenment in general. And, uh, you know, I mean, Eric, there's Eric singing about being a better man. I don't know if being enlightened makes you a better man because I know plenty of Buddhist Buddhist gurus who fuck everything they can grab. So, you know, anyway, not that doesn't make you not a good man to fuck everything. But but I'm guessing that, you know, the spiritual teacher guru thing. Anyway, we'll get on to that later. Um, just wanted to uh, warm up the show a little bit here before we introduce the panel. And not all of our panels here. We may have to substitute our our audience. We have an audience today. <laughs> uh, but wanted to mention... Um, a few things in the world that have been going on the last two weeks. Uh, and I, I, I you know, I, I wish I could remember all that was going on the last two weeks, because really the only thing that seems to be going on right now is that we can't find an airplane, um, which is just, I can't even imagine, so horrific for the families that are involved in, with this, um, but thoroughly annoying for us, uh, the rest of us on social media who have to read everyone's fucking theory about it. It's very strange. It's very strange. And another theory came up today. It was another theory today. And then it was just like, can we just wait till we know what's going on and then let me know? But anyway, um, so it is uh, March, 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 March. It's March 13th today. I do believe uh, we're halfway through the month. How did we do that? We did that again. Uh, we're halfway through the month, which means that um, Monday is St. Patrick's Day, which is really an an unfortunate day for St. Patrick's Day because you can't really do any damage. I mean, you could do actually more damage, I suppose, with Monday being St. Patrick's Day. Um, but uh, so that's that's kind of a bummer for all the people in the world who wanted to pretend that they were Irish and get shit-faced all day. I guess they'll be having the parade uh, in the big cities uh, Sunday, Saturday. I don't know. We don't have a parade here in L.A. We do not have a St. Patrick's Day parade here. We have, we have like the Santa Claus parade, and then we have the Gay Pride parade, and we Whoa, traffic is just like a parade. Yeah, you can make it like a parade. It is. <laughs> you know what? It moves about it's a flash mob of cars all painted green. It's a lot easier if you're in traffic to believe that you're in a parade. It like lifts your mood immediately. Especially with the pace Sons of, of it. the 405. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> shamrocks on my head. Just... When I'm in the jam. I have those as oh, my blinkers. That was all the time. I thought you just wore them in your house by yourself. Oh, sorry. Let me take those off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is it St. Patrick's Day? Hey, you say that all, all, I wear Patrick's shamrocks day? in my DNA because I'm actually <laughs> Irish. St. Patrick's Day is actually a great time for American men to celebrate Irish heritage by wearing Scottish kilts. It's really moving. <laughs> Um, and yes. in New York City, it's a, we call it amateur hour, but it's it's actually a really great occasion where guys in the outer boroughs uh, come to New York and donate their urine and vomit to our sidewalks yes. and leave the next morning. So it's very precious to us. Very. It's where we celebrate uh, St. Francis uh, by ignoring everything he stood for. <laughs> Well, just like uh, an American should. Yes, I mean exactly. that's that's how we well, that's how Saint we roll Francis here. Stand for 
What did, did I say? Saint Fran- yeah. I'm Saint, Saint Patrick. Patrick. Oh, sorry, Saint, Saint Patrick. Patrick. Yes. Saint Francis. Patrick. You know what I just say? If it's going to be if it's going to be for Ireland anyway, why not just enjoy a bit of the green <laughs> yeah. instead of getting drunk? Yes. Uh, Saint Francis Day is a great day, though. Yeah. Well, every day is Saint Francis. That's day where they Miami. bless the animals at the little churches. Mm-hmm. Yes, they do. And at the petting zoos. And at the petting zoos. But that's the only day they bless the Select animals. one. Select petting zoos. Okay. So since we're already talking, let me just uh, introduce the fine, fine human beings that are sitting around the octagon table today. Uh, on my direct uh, left here, which you all can't see, is uh, Mr. Chris Bono. I actually have real introductions for people today. What I, are they? I fucking what? made an That's effort. Preparation. I fucking made an effort today, people. Wow. That's enlightenment. I know. Thank you. <laughs> Chris Bono is an actor, stand-up comedian, painter, and all-around fool in the best sense of that word. <laughs> you may have seen him in comedy clubs opening for people like, oh, I don't know, Hal Sparks, or in numerous national commercials, or more recently. Recently, in the most fantastic mind-bending videos called Electric Bonoland. Oh, wow. Welcome, Mr. Chris Bono. High praise. <laughs> and I, now, now it's time for me to leave. <laughs> Thank you very much. It's wonderful to be here. Glad to be with my friends we are in a safe place. And you're feeling better. That's the <laughs> yes. most important thing, that your cold is over. It is. It's on its... it's yes. Yes. You're, you're not... You're I not, will clean this after, yes, but Yes. Logan, he'll gone. be cleaning the microphone for you when he's done. Uh, and then on uh, Mr. Bono's uh, left is Mr. Chad Einbinder, who's been on the panel here yeah, before. Yeah, that would be your right at home, for those of you. Yes, <laughs> if, <laughs> if you could see this. It's actually my right, too, but it, you have to go a long way around <laughs> right. for that uh, now that you're completely confused and in space and time. Buds. Switch your earbuds. <laughs> <laughs> and Chad is an actor, a writer, a commercial director, uh, the father of two very talented, fantastic young ladies, uh, and the husband to another fantastic woman, also a friend of mine, Lorraine. Uh, but Chad is generally the person who makes me um, shoot some sort of alcoholic beverage out of my nose <laughs> because he makes me laugh so hard um, on some it's Saturday funny. nights it's, here. It's, yes. It's, 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 so, air pressure thing. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, you're still, wow. still playing the bully. So. <laughs> no, 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 no. And then uh, our our fabulous other female on the panel today is the most regular person who's ever been to the octagon table. I do oh, believe wow. is Erin Brown, who is creator and host and star of Hot on the Red Carpet, a series dedicated to pulling the carpet from under those stodgy red carpet interviews everyone sees and. And she's interviewed everyone from Lewis Black to Tom Hanks. I don't – I can't remember the Tom Hanks ones. Anyway, she has this cute little bathroom carpet. And she's getting into like Oscar swag. Part. You're like fucking everywhere she's now. Serious. You used to be like on the outside of like – um. The fence, you know, like they wouldn't let her near the actual celebrity. She'd be on the other side of the fence screaming at them. And now she's actually on the real red carpet and people are recognizing her and going, hey, I want to be on your red carpet. It's so darling. So welcome, Erin. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. And I'm very excited. We have a friend from uh, New York City who is also from L.A., but uh, he's visiting this week, and uh, we've snatched him for our show. Mm. And, of course, um, this gentleman is a comedian, actor. Uh, You may remember him. He was hanging out with Al Gore during the 2012 presidential election. (laughs) He was current TV's host on Viewpoint. He's also on the Sexy Liberal Tour. He's everywhere. He's interviewed George Harrison. Mm. 
is one of my dear friends, Mr. John Fugelsang. Thank you so welcome. much. Thank you. You are so welcome. I want to say excited, how excited I am that uh, you let the chimp throw the dart and it landed on my headshot and I get to be here. Yes, really yes. It was. It's a big ceremony we have here at the McCall House. Uh, the In the morning of the podcast, we, we lay out all the headshots of everyone we know and we let the monkey out of and the you cage. Rent, you rent a chimp. <laughs> we do. We rent a chimp. <laughs> Does he have to be back by six? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's or it's a second meal. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we 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 get some line producer so, off my credit. Sometimes they let us just buy him pizza and we can get away with it, but you never know. And our audience member today is uh the fabulous Stephanie Fredericks who uh is uh, star of Broadway? A star of Broadway. Hello, wow! Why is she on the panel today? We might have to scooch her little chair up here, and I hope she can speak loud enough because I would love to hear God, her. You're such say a star fucker. It's amazing. Thank you. I've been working on it my whole life. <laughs> That's what the octagon's all about. So um, I, I, I didn't write an actual essay today because, as we know, I am sick and tired of writing. So I don't, <laughs> I don't write essays for my podcast this year because I'm writing um, 4,000 words a week otherwise. <sighs> okay, can I just say this? Okay, I, I am so – of course, you know I'm so grateful for this book and this book deal. But I've been doing this now for three months straight and I'm such a spoiled little brat because I've never done anything for three months straight. Like focused, focused, focused. And like suddenly it's like my brain's like, okay, I'd like to – I don't know, do anything but write today. Um, and I'm now writing about my 20s, which um, – I don't have a lot of memory about. I just know it was full of cocaine <laughs> and my first husband and um, who treated me like a princess. I do want to make that point. But um, it was it was a long decade for me. So uh, but I just um, I just see you at a, I see you at a word processor going chapter one. <laughs> <laughs> chapter two. Yeah, it's should I put down for the it's it's um, it's intense. It's very intense, uh, but I'm really excited. You know what I'm excited about? August 15th when I turn it in. And here's the thing. It's like you want to make it like, you know, you want – it is your it's – it's literally my life's work. I'm writing about my life. You want it to be the best thing ever and you find yourself like, OK, I'm just going to fuck – I got to fucking throw something on the page today. <laughs> <laughs> That's what editing is for. I go back. I edit. I make it brilliant in the end, but some days it's just like, OK, I just need to get through my mother's breast cancer today. These are actual sentences I say to myself. This is so fun. Anyway, on with that. Uh, so I didn't write an essay. That was the whole point of that is uh, because I'm tired of writing. But I did write a little something to kind of get us in the mood for the topic here today. Um, and so um, uh, so here's the deal. So you know that saying, nature abhors a vacuum? And I think Aristotle actually said it. So, so do indoor cats. And I was going to <laughs> and I was trying to think, like, who's, who's a woman that would abhor a vacuum, you know? I don't own a vacuum. Okay, so therefore Aaron does, too. <laughs> Excellent. Um, so it's – and here's the thing is I don't think it's that nature abhors a vacuum. I really think that it's humans that abhor the vacuum uh, because we just can't stand not knowing. We can't 
we can't stand the unknown, the the blank, the void. And so we, 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 we really, really think that if we just know, we just know, we just know, then everything, everything's going to be okay. Can you keep talking without breaths because silence and pauses make yes, you uncomfortable? Yes, I will make you feel yeah. uncomfortable, exactly. <laughs> so if we sit in uncertainty in some ways, then we have to acknowledge the truth that we actually know nothing about everything. So we ask questions like, what will the future bring? Are there aliens? Is there life after death? And what the fuck happened to Malaysian Airlines Flight 370? And so we go on a quest, a search, a pilgrimage to find the truth. Or we go on a beer run to forget the truth. And that seems to be the only two options we land on. Either we are so busy in our mind with questions to answer so that we can actually allay some of the anxiety, or we are looking for chemicals that will help us to numb the mind. And so I ask you, oh, world out there, how's that working for you? <laughs> that would be my life coaching question. <laughs> and I say, well, it's okay, but it's not working for me always. And yet... This anxiety, this general anxiety about the unknown is definitely the fate of what it is to be a human. With this grand brain comes self-awareness. And with self-awareness comes all of those questions. And there's nothing wrong with asking the big questions. I mean, as we know, asking the big questions as a species has done amazing things. I mean, Copernicus asked, so why do the stars move like that? And Kennedy asked, hmm, I wonder if we could land a man on the moon. And of course, Elvis Costello asked, what's so funny about peace, love, and understanding? That was a cover, actually. He didn't write it. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Damn that's it. Right. Is that right? Yeah. Who's, who did the original? That's right. He was like, uh, it was uh, earlier, it was... Mm -hmm. Uh, like a, I'm not going to say Buddy Holly, but. Was it the Tramps? Was it the Trains? Was it the Dargs? It, I, I'll get back to it. It was Elliot Smith. It was no Elliot Smith. Elliot Smith, no. Uh, so today we're going to jump into one of the biggest questions, which he, he is. He still asked it. He still asked it. Yeah, we as did. As an encore every, every show. Right, exactly. He still actually like yeah. said it as a question. Mm -hmm. So. um it's a retweet. It's a retweet. When you just play the song over and over again. It's like someone wrote that song and he went, you know what? People need to hear this. So you retweet it. More organic version. But in longer than 140 notes. Yes. Although, what's so funny about. We could maybe see. What's so funny about peace, love, and understanding? No, that's way under 140. We're okay then. So, anyway, we're here to tackle the big question of enlightenment. And. One of the things uh, uh, I was thinking about was um, that uh, there's all sorts of things that come to mind when I think of the word enlightenment. So here's what happened for me. In my 20s, like, or actually in my teens is when I started having, like, those big questions rolling around in my head. You know, like, what's it all for? And what's the big meaning for? And and that's when I started getting curious about things and hearing about this term Enlightenment, you know, that there's this, the Buddha who was enlightened, you know, and, and I really, I really thought like, if I figure that out, like, I like, there's some sort of like thing you get out of in life, you know? <laughs> 
And I'm wondering if anyone else like had that kind of experience in your younger years. Like that, that I'll finally seeking... be happy when I no longer care about happiness. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That exactly. it was transactional. Yeah. If I get this to there, for then I'll get... sure. I desire oh, to yeah. be desireless. For sure, transactional. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Having a list of things to get to the non-experience after realizing that those experiences were in. Not helping. Right. <laughs> Something like that. Something like that, it's which very... is as confusing as Zen. Very, it's a very well spiritual done. way of looking at getting old and not caring anymore. <laughs> yes. Yes. I mean, that just may be the bottom line. Grandpa, of it. take a shot. It's basically. I don't want to. Yeah, Buddha was What's like middle aged. Desireless, not a, a problem with my low T. <laughs> <laughs> But I really did. I thought it was like this magic elixir thing. Like, I'm just, I'm going to go and find that. I want to know what that is and that if I get that, then I don't – I will not feel – everything will be okay in my life. And I I was one of those new age people. I don't know if anyone else here went on that new age kick for a while, but – I would always justify things and say everything happens for a reason. Right, you yes. Know? And I was – you know, call me Pollyanna, but I was an optimist – I am still an optimist, and I'd always find that. the silver yeah. li- lining. What yeah. happened yeah, to like, that? Where did that go? <laughs> what? I mean, she, about she, it the past she moved steps. to L.A. She moved to L.A. Exactly. But I got cynical when I <laughs> hit Hollywood. Um, no, I still it. believe that that everything happens for a reason. Yeah, and that I'll find a way to a reason for what just happened happening, like in a day or two. Sometimes in half an hour, right? You know, I, it might be a thought form that might work and lead us to. Something well, that we think and, is well, and what I, he said. Yeah, well, and the thing is, like, for me, it's like, you can, I think you're in either two camps. Well, maybe three camps. Uh, there's a lot of camps. The, uh, there's a camp. Maybe some FEMA camps. <laughs> I'm not sure. Have you actually heard anything to substantiate that? All right, sorry, go ahead. But it's Wait. not sleepaway camp, because that's that can be rough. That's awkward. Yeah. I never did it. Uh, right I didn't do the sleepaway camp either. Can't do it. Could not do it. Yeah. Could not go there. Mm. Could not go to the sleepaway camp. Couldn't do it. Nope. Yeah, it's rough. Uh, but the camps, I think, are either nothing happens for a reason, you know, so you're in that like everything's an accident or everything happens for a reason and you see like all of the threads that thread it together. Or I'm kind of in the camp where I get that my mind is looking to make meaning. So I'm going to make the meaning up that makes me feel better. The optimist part of me mm. that helps me get out of fucking bed every day. And if that means that, you know, I'm going to figure out what what it happened for, then fuck it. I'm going to fucking do it. It's my life. You can't stop me. Uh-uh. <laughs> you do what you want. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> you know. I don't know. That's 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 my thing about that. So, but but I did. I really thought that if I could just find like the secret elixir, if I went to the Bodhi Tree bookstore enough <laughs> and read enough books, that there was going to be the secret to life in one of those books, and mm-hmm. it was finally going to make it all make sense. Okay. Yeah. All right. I got it. Okay. I'm going to admit this, and please, do, this does not leave this room. <laughs> okay. It does okay. not. No. Okay. No. So in that period, which is really, it really describes the naivete of youth. You yes. Know, like we we get that there's something better, but our black and white, unactualized, no experience, no bottom time goes, <laughs> right. and it's just a Candyland game <laughs> to get there. You know. Yeah. Mm. Yes. So at a Bodai Tree moment, uh-huh. which is just again, this cannot leave no. the room. No. No. <laughs> Um, I bought the Bruce Lee, uh-huh. the Chow Window, his like uh, his philosophy, his chicken June scratch King. scribblings <laughs> that were supposed to be this way that I was just gonna get there, but uh-huh. they still to kick ass. <laughs> the, at yes. the read the book, yes, not a word, not a word made sense. <laughs> it was in English, by the way. Yeah, but you're in that mode. You're like, yeah. you know, it'll be this. Yeah. 
fix it. That's the thing that will fix it. Slow down the heart. The moon will make you free. That store is no longer there. Like a finger pointing to the sun. You know, I just hate it when Buddhists get all emptier than thou. I gotta be honest. I mean. It's just, it's just, you know, I tried converting to Buddhism. I, the Dalai Lama thought I was too empty. It was deeply insulting. I, 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 I'm now here merging Buddhism with Scientology. Oh, good. Into my new faith, Budentology. Nice. Uh, we believe in celebrity and emptiness. So, um, I think, Perfect. Yeah, I think we're, we're really good. And he has a well. center. So. And you'll do well in Hollywood for oh, that reason. Thank you. Thank you. I've got these little bracelets I'd like to sell to your listeners. Uh, no, I mean, like, it was the Buddha. I think it was the Buddha who said, uh, chop wood before enlightenment. Chop wood and carry water. Yep. After enlightenment, chop wood and carry water to pay off those fucking student loans. <laughs> and I'm, I, I might paraphrase slightly, now, but I saw a little Buddha. He said something like that in the Keanu. And I had that book. I, I had that too. chop wood carry. Chop and wood I was. <laughs> and I remember thinking, okay. That's really disappointing to think that <laughs> after I'm enlightened, oh. that the chopping wood and the carrying the water is gonna going to mean the same thing or well, it's just going to be no, as ordinary. It doesn't mean the same thing. No, no I know. It's but like get over yourself. It, line, it doesn't. It, it doesn't like though. I mean it's – Well, it's going from, from you know the drudgery of ritual to the joy of ritual. Right, right. And, to understand that it's all the small things. Yeah, and, it's all, it, and it is all the small things in every single moment yes. that leads you to being present in it, which uh, we're not good at here in America. We're just not trained for that very much here to be in the present moment. I'm going to tweet what you just said right now. Could you tweet that? Yeah, could you get that right now? Could someone give me some vodka? I really need a drink. Thank you. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, right, good. I'm just going to step up for a call. But you know what? It really... When we, Look when we talk about the fallacy of our youth and what we purchased and what we thought, you know, and the magnetic bracelets that are going to improve crystals, your balance. Spinning crystals. And, I had spinning crystals. But there are I things that you ring. try along that, mm-hmm. that yeah. you know, taste testing period. Yes. And some of them turn out to stick. Not that it becomes this whole, like, you're walking around in robes. But, right. you know, the chop wood carry water. Yeah. What I took away from that, which is the what John said, which was the joy in mm-hmm. the simple things that we do that we still need to do. I found those activities incredibly freeing. Yes. Like doing the dishes. Yes. Whether I was asked to do the dishes by a roommate or a spouse. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Dishes mm-hmm. Awesome. Could be a spouse or not. For meditation, yeah. But you start I, to yeah. get into it and yep. you start to be like. And it's in service. And, and you you get something out of it. You get that stillness. Yeah. Well, that's what Cohen did. And less clutter. Who did? Yeah, yeah. Conan? Leonard. What, no, Cohen. Not when Conan. When no. Leonard Cohen. Leonard no. Cohen. Cohen. Cohen might. He could use some of that. Cohen needs to med- meditate. <laughs> <laughs> no, when Leonard <laughs> Cohen disappeared up on top of Mount Baldy for five years. Years and mm-hmm. stopped and left his career behind and left his manager to pillage his his fortune, uh, which actually wound up being good because now he's eighty and still touring. But so good, he's the I'm best. Understand. He's the best concert and the second best concert I've ever seen. I've seen him three times, and I mean, wow. all three shows are in my top ten. Really, but he went on top of Mount Baldy for five years because he met Roshi. Mm-hmm. He knew Roshi was his master. He knew he wanted to study with him. And it wasn't really about what the faith was or the religion was. He knew this was the person he was going to learn from. And Roshi's in his 90s now. Or he's over 100. I'm sorry. He's over 100. And he still is Leonard's master. Leonard is 79. But Cohen just lived there and did the dishes for all the monks on top of Mount Baldy. He did all the kitchen dishes for five years. This is a guy who had millions who... Dated Rebecca de Mornay, who was the greatest poet, you know, and I mean, who Bob Dylan wishes, who Bob Dylan said he'd like to be in in his next life. Right. And 
And he's washing the dishes. The only, you know, his only uh, liberation was he would sneak out for cigarettes when the monks weren't looking. He would still, <laughs> right. he never gave up smoking. And you know, the, my my teacher uh, Gempo Roshi, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he's a man who enjoys a nice whiskey. You know, it's like it's all yeah. about mindfulness he about what you do. He spent half his sixties doing yeah. it. He spent half of his sixties yeah. uh, on top of Mount Baldy. Just he left his entire life behind and his kids and everything. Although speaking of the drinking, he does tell a story that one night in the early nineties he was backstage after a show. When he was still touring, he didn't tour again until 2008. And I went to Toronto for opening night of his tour because I'd waited my whole life to see Leonard. Oh, but he wow. tells a story. He's backstage one night and they hand him a cognac and he takes a sip. And Roshi, who was then in his 80s, hits him in front of everyone. <laughs> it's after the show. They're all falling at Leonard Cohen's feet. And Roshi smacks him when he takes a drink and just says, body important. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yikes! Yeah. Glad I don't have that, that guy it. following yeah. me around. Glad... Stick. <laughs> my, my, my mentor. My mentor. I just did a great show, Mister. Yeah. Do you know what it took me to get? Up? Well, my 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 mentor is uh, Rick Overton. He's not so strict. No, He's, no. no. Rick's my not mentor so is Charlie Sheen, and he actually goes to a different. He has a different approach on that sort of thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Rick will bring the. My mentor is Jan Michael Vincent, and his approach on Al Taylor. Oh no, <laughs> we don't want to. Dated Rebecca Demorne. Here's my ticket. Sure, Rebecca Demorne. I think they were married. Weren't they married? I don't know. I don't know. Not again. Leave leave the room. room. I know. Yes. Worst breath in Hollywood. (laughs) Okay. 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 And independently verified by (laughs) Stephen Weber. So. Okay. Well, there you have it then. I did not have Farrah Fawcett's poster on my wall. Oh. Rebecca DeMornay. Wow. Really? No. Well, thank God it wasn't. Farrah Fawcett. Yeah. Oh, my God. Of course yeah, Thank it was... God it wasn't a scratch and sniff. It was yeah. the worst breath in home. Oh. Wow. Was was that... it, it was just on that day, though. She I just didn't have enough gum in her. Yeah, you know And then people. I heard from someone else. Okay, hey, then. Worst All right, then. Like the so that was what broke them up. up that's what broke them up. I don't know. To turn off. That's what broke, that's what broke them up. It has nothing to do with Leonard Cohen, clearly. but. Okay, so I have a straight question. Why is the Age of Enlightenment called the Age of Enlightenment when actually it took us further away from uh, an enlightened sense of life and more towards uh, leaning on reason and logic? Well, it's also called the Age of Reason. <laughs> I mean, no, it is. I, I mean, know it is. So I'm actually, I, I've actually been merging. I mean, I guess it's like because it was the. I, I know it's because like the Dark Ages and all. Yeah, that I mean, stuff, it was but, when we know. began going for critical thinking instead right. of obeying the dictates of the church. You know, uh, De Tocqueville so, says that religion in the Middle Ages was really the origins of democracy because it was the first time in history that a poor-born person could rise in stature in society. Right, but. In the case of when we left that behind, uh, we saw all kinds of advances in education because we began celebrating knowledge. Of course, you know, the Africans and Egyptians have been a bit ahead of us and the Mesopotamians. We were late to the, to the intellectual party. But it is both – it's interesting how they call it the Age of Enlightenment and the Age of Reason interchangeably. Yeah. Uh, I've merged – I've tried to merge reason and enlightenment into uh, reason light, which is what I use to get through life in Hollywood. Is that what you teach when you do Buddhism yeah, I do, and I do, Scientology? I do reason light, yes. And, uh, and with Buddhantology, I mean it's, it's just tra- like Scientology. It's, tra- it's trademarked. People. I mean it's just like Scientology. You, you, you get a pilot's license and a beard wife. So so that's the whole thing. Yeah. It sounds like Budan, Budantology, which is like, you know, eating Creole food while using a, one of those clear devices. I didn't go to divinity school like you, so I, well, there you have it, my friend. But I, I do, I'm always fascinated by, um, I mean, obviously the Age of Enlightenment was a huge uh, evolution in, in humanity. I mean, it was a huge evolution of thought and thinking and culture and progress and politics and all of that. 
And, yet, and inspired uh, the enlightened thinkers of the American Revolution uh, uh, when they weren't owning slaves. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a process. <laughs> if any of Washington descendants... That were, would be you know, the but, evolution but part like, of it. That was always my problem with the whole notion of achieving enlightenment. Because enlightenment's not one size fit all, and it's not a plateau. I mean, it's like achieving old. You keep aging. You keep growing. And I would imagine that... If one does achieve enlightenment in ways the Buddha spoke of, uh, one could hit several more plateaus. And who's to say there's one corner you turn where you've achieved enlightenment? Right. I bet someone who's been enlightened for 50 years looks back, boy, what, what, a, what a bag of dildos I was when I thought I was enlightened. <laughs> God almighty, I was dumb. Well, you know, yeah. And I would imagine that it's, it's sort of like you just have to keep on going deeper and deeper in your practice and your meditation because I, 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 I can't imagine that there's just one level of enlightenment one achieves. Yeah, well, and I really do. I mean, it, I think it is a state of consciousness and it's a state of consciousness that you, I don't think you, once you're in it, you are necessarily in it forever. It's, but, it's something you can step in and out of. Uh, I mean, I've done a lot of work in this this area. Genpo Roshi's been on my show. We've done Big Mind and talked about it. And and it is uh it's it's a it's a sense of it's a state of self that is unattached to mm-hmm. this the state of self. But let's say you're someone who really likes watching the Kardashians. Um wouldn't a fifty year old Kardashian fan by definition be somewhat more enlightened than a twenty five year old <laughs> Kardashian fan? I don't see I don't think so. I think at fifty you should know better. Maybe you do in other areas of life. Maybe you don't care what people think about you anymore. And in well, that sense, you're in love. Like 25, right. you're embarrassed that people know you watch Kardashians. Right. 50, I don't care that I watch Kardashians. Right, it's a guilty pleasure thing. Exactly. Right. You're not, there's no longer shame. And in that sense, you will achieve more enlightenment. Right. At least I'm no longer drinking triple vodka. I'm just watching the Kardashians. It's not enlightenment because there should be more shame. Well, that's true. <laughs> Experience should lead to the result of this stillness of mind, this center. No, no yeah. but actually, I well, think... Well, that's, that's why I watch Duck Dynasty, because I right. just, you know, See, I can't, I don't I mean, like stupid stuff. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And, and, and I think, I think uh, any Roshi who was here who, who would talk about this would say that in an enlightened state, um, it's all equal. It, it's, everything is equal. There's, there's no sense of judgment. It's all unconditional when you're in an enlightened state. So Kardashians, uh, Jesus, uh, rock and roll, opera, doesn't matter. It's... Put- Kardashians with Jesus. Well, yes, sentence? I was in a sentence. Yes. I'm not sure how I feel about that. Part of my Catholicism just crept up for a second. And, Did your taint and tighten? <laughs> taint none of your business. Well, the Kardashians must vomit. So. They have to. Some of them do. Yeah. Especially on those episodes. I'm sure some of them do there. daily or I, twice I think a day. Some people, some people consider Kim as Jesus, like you, a godly figure. Is. Do you think she's the, no, who's she's the most enlightened Kardashian? Is there one who's declined to appear on the show? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think so. Exactly. Yeah, is there a brother Rob? hiding somewhere? The one that the one that manufactures know. the ugliest socks. You know, Rob. Yeah. Rob is actually the most enlightened waste of donor organs. Um, exactly. Rob, he's the one who refuses to change his own baby's diaper. I believe. Ooh. Yeah, that's wow. why I, I don't know. I, I've never actually been able to watch an entire episode. Although I have friends who were at Gitmo that were forced to. Um, but uh, you know, I, I just think that like there has to. I mean. There has to be different levels of awareness. I mean, For if, sure. you're, if you're aware that you're achieving awareness, you know, you're further ahead than you were five years For ago. For sure. You have those moments where you're sitting around the table yeah. and you have a holy moment. And you look people in the eye and you realize, wow, in time and space hurtling through this yes, fragile existence totally. we enjoy in right now, yes. this is really happening. We're all together. I feel like I'm completely aware of the miraculousness. You know, George Harrison said, "God, uh, art is just an attempt. It, art is just man's attempt at doing what God's doing all the time. Right. And there have to be moments of that. And I think the trick is uh, 
making it more constant, being able to live in that meditative, aware state and then go about your day and not just fall into the patterns of personality well, that keep you from and, being your and, true self. And I think it helps. Mm-hmm. Like there's people like the Dalai Lama or Thich Nhat Hanh who have a lifestyle where they don't have to deal with the 405. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> it helps if you have a bunch of monks and nuns around you taking care of you. And, and it is easier. That nun wrote that book about anger after trying to get on the 10. He did. Valid. That's right. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what yeah. motivated that. That's why Los Angeles will never be a Zen place because it has the three right. worst freeways it's why you have on to go the to, planet. On Mount Shasta to, to the top of the coffee. mountain. That's why he was on Baldy and not <laughs> or Mount Baldy. Uh, the Santa right, Monica right, right. Exactly. That's why he wasn't in Topanga because exactly. getting up Topanga, you'll want to kill four well, people. It's not getting up there. It's Never leaving. <laughs> like, how do you get to the store? Well, you're in trouble. <laughs> so, um, I, I have another question here. Does God have anything to do with enlightenment? Doesn't he delegate? Uh, does he delegate? Uh, does he have a lot of secretaries, a lot I think of assistants? Somewhere in the middle of enlightenment is tapping into the vibe, the vibration uh-huh. that is. That has that God definition to it. So he's doing little, um, Which he's, is, he's doing little marks around I, the word God here, yeah. because God is it's, God is just a word that we use to yeah, talk about, about the energy. We're primitive. Okay, I, Chad's not sure about that. Well, I mean, look, and especially you know, this is something that you know, especially falling in love with John's act and uh, when he was doing Sexy Liberal and and you know, really the the crazy juxtaposition of the people that claim to be. The God's speakers of God, the yes. worst. They treat people the yeah. worst. Right. No, anyone claiming to be in God's army is usually one of God's unauthorized fan clubs. Exactly. Yeah. There you right. Are. So there's not a lot of enlightenment going on. And there I'm, I'm reading this thing that I bought at Sketchfest, uh, which is kind of an abridged uh, comic version of the Bible, uh-huh. and it's called "God Is Disappointed in You." <laughs> <laughs> and it's you know it's bound. It looks like a, a thin Bible, right? but it's, every chapter is like Leviticus is three pages. And he just kind nice. of paraphrased. It's really funny. Cliff notes. But, you know, what you get is this, like, Bible. you get this cliff note refresh. Right. And it is always, like, God making up these crazy, completely unenlightened, you know, right. I want you to kill your daughter before you feed her to a fish. And then, you know. Right. So when I start to hear about God and enlightenment, I go back to the Alcoholics Anonymous version right. where... It's really not about the God that's being mm-hmm. force-fed yes. or the Pavlovian, you know, religious gerbil God. Yes, the institutional to, God. Yeah, it's not it. that God. I never it's underst- how you define God. I yeah. never understood religion until uh, I was a VH1 VJ. And they, <laughs> they used to send me down to Memphis every summer for Elvis Week. And I got to meet oh. the Jordanaires, and I got to meet Scotty Moore and DJ Fontana, all of his bandmates, the, the gospel singers. I got to, I got to go to Graceland many times. They never let me, they never let me see the bedroom upstairs, but they let me sit on the top step. I saw parts of Graceland tourists don't see. I got very into appreciating Elvis. And then one year I went, they asked me to go to the International Elvis Presley Fan Club's annual luncheon. Oh boy! Where guys who are the presidents of Elvis fan clubs from around the world <laughs> all come. Gather. To gather and have a luncheon during Elvis Week in Memphis. And they all, you can probably guess, favor sporting the look of late era Elvis <laughs> more than. Middle there's age. not a lot of 68 comeback special Elvis. looking good in the black leather catsuit Elvis. They're, they're more the latter era Elvis. Recliner chair. No, no life soul cycle. Elvis. The peanut butter and fried banana yes. sandwich Elvis. And yes. they, a lot of them have girlfriends that look like Priscilla 1968, which wow. was very impressive. But I realized there. That I view Jesus the way I view Elvis. I love the guy, but a lot of the fan clubs scare me. 
And I realized that <laughs> confusing God with religion is like confusing yes. Elvis Presley with these fat fucks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's why I went into I studied Zen Buddhism because there's there's the word belief doesn't come into any of it. There's no there's nothing to believe in, because you're you're just what we were talking about earlier, being learning to be more aware and present in the present moment. And there is this thing that can happen sometimes in that moment where you your mind expands out and you are suddenly connected to every single molecule in the universe and can feel everything, and that's when you go. Well, that must be what they're talking about, God. Well, maybe yeah. it's just Wi-Fi. It might be that. It is Wi-Fi. It's like a spiritual Wi-Fi. It's Blue Dream, Kush, and, and Wi-Fi. Right. <laughs> That's the first one I've heard of. But, uh, yeah, because... And then you're talking about the different levels as well, the different uh, you know levels, perhaps, of enlightenment. You know, uh, and I just watched Cosmos. Uh, I know. I'm so into the local group. Oh did God. you hear my joke that I did? No, no. I want to start a band and call it the local group. Oh, the local group. <laughs> so great. Oh, my God. Or the, what was the chorted? What was the thing that's like surrounds The Virgo our, cluster or something? something it's like a, a globe. Of right. The, the, yeah, I know. But then there's also the, the alternate universe theory thing that's come up with string yep. theory. Mm-hmm. So there's so many different versions, perhaps, of us on different worlds. Yep. Which is very... Very self-centered to think that. They're nine me. They're nine me's. <laughs> there are nine you. There are there nine, are, maybe actually, eleven me's. There are nine around. of these podcasts going yeah. on really, right you now. Could, they're right from the airport. Well, some, I'd like one of them to replace me. It's a little further along in the business. <laughs> you know, and I just had a thought about this. The whole um, God, Jesus uh, thing is, that's all this, you know, it puts you into this... Um, a familial kind of situation where you want the daddy energy of the universe to fix everything for you. And really where like the Buddhist version of enlightenment is you're here, this body's going to rot and die someday. And you just mm-hmm. might as well be in the moment with what what's happening here and see the miracle of all of those multiverses and those things spinning around. And the fact that, you know, humanity didn't do anything until the last seven seconds of the calendar, oh. cosmic oh calendar God. year. If you people have no, did not see Cosmos last week, and you must go watch it. That It'll fucking blow your mind. I haven't, I haven't said mind-blowing about anything in a and while. And it is truly mind-blowing. Yeah. It is. It was. It was. And I didn't smoke anything, I swear to God. I was uh-huh. a very good girl mm-hmm. that night. I'm not going to say. You know, sometimes when that daddy thing happens to me, mm-hmm. that's when I just accept being present and I turn on the Kardashians. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then yes. I just feel, feel one. I actually kind of think that And you're glad right. Bruce Jenner isn't your daddy in that moment. Exactly. Because <laughs> <laughs> he looks like a lady. For the reason so many of us uh, young men of my generation were so drawn to Star Wars, I think, and, and Star Wars be, really did become a religious religion for mm-hmm. many of my generation. I learned a lot more about the human soul from Yoda <laughs> saying, oh, sure. luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. That was the first time the soul ever made sense to me. Wow. And I think a lot of young men of my generation were so drawn to Star Wars because the Darth Vader, Luke Skywalker, father-son dynamic so closely resembled God and Jesus. Yeah. Uh, the father's a lot more powerful, but the son doesn't have the anger issues. <laughs> I've, never, I've never quite you know heard it put that way but that's really interesting that it really would have had that type of a yeah. calling effect Joseph on... Campbell wrote about it quite extensively he, he did yeah he did talked he? a lot he yeah. talked oh, a lot yeah. about George Lucas and Star yeah. Wars yeah in in like the last 2 in years of, of his myth- life you know integrating mythologies yeah because i mean the bottom line is is yeah, that very you know this brain this grand brain that we have which is so magnificent mm-hmm. it does really yeah, mm. it's pretty amazing. I mean, here we are yeah, sitting around with this language. <laughs> <laughs> 
How much more grand can a Duh, species get? Hello. That's both lobes working together. Oh, I know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, okay, there's and a the lot Kardashians, of... Kardashians, uh, well, that's something for one hemisphere right, of the brain. There's a lot of shit out there. Okay, we know that. But there's also a, a lot of amazing stuff. And uh, and yet I do this, you know, however this is wired and whatever experience we're here to have, this this ability to connect unconditionally to everything in the universe and have an experience of that you know that love whether you've had it whether you had it because your child was just born or you're on the top of a mountain and you are having however it happens for you um or you took LSD i mean it happened for many people in the 60s that way but we we were wired to be able to have this experience of feeling connected to everything and i think what happens is is we're looking to make sense of that experience and to call it something and if george lucas comes up with a a, a narration of a storyline that that right that that he calls it the force you know we call it uh, unconditional love in buddhism or meta or you know or the baby jesus love whichever love is it for you but i just find that it's like so we're wired for it whether whether it's it's just the matter of our mind or the brain or it is something bigger than our brain and it is this thing called mind and it means something bigger i, I don't know if we'll ever know that but mm. we do get to have the experience of it so you We're know. not supposed to know it on this trip. No, I guess not, right? It's so know? impractical because I packed for this trip. I know. You know, I mean, and we, and we need that solution now. You know, your original question on that the mm-hmm. previous segment was, is God in the enlightenment? Right. And I'm going to say no. Right. I'm going to say no because, you know, and as you're incredibly political and I think everybody here cares, you know, during the season about the politics of it all. And what I see going on on the other side of the various aisles yes. and how that, that was what crushes all of my enlightenment yeah. and my belief <laughs> and my belief in that there is no belief. sense of calm. I mean, I just right. go, how can these people with all these great gifts that you're mentioning, yeah. this, mm-hmm. yeah. how can they be so wrong mm-hmm. about their fellow being on the one spaceship we have, which is the yeah. earth? Well, that's yeah. the whole you know? ego thing then. That's well, I don't where relate, that comes from. Yeah. And I don't relate that to religion either. I mean, or to God, you know, I, I don't, when I see like people of faith doing creepy things, I don't blame Jodie Foster for what her crazy fans do to people, so right. I'm not going to blame God for what his crazy fans do to people. Mm-hmm. Same here. High five. My, you know, I have that's my that's my only John Hinckley joke, by the way. But <laughs> honestly, <laughs> it's a keeper. Thank you probably you. should only yeah. have one. I, I know. I saved that for the you know when you need to, you know when I'm when I'm doing a strong middle set. But the 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 uh, oh now I lost my way. Uh, the I'm the so sorry. With, the fans. The, the yeah. well yeah I, you know I don't I think that. I have this radical theory that God's in charge, okay? Mm-hmm. This is my radical leftist theory. And uh, God's in charge and all empires of man must collapse. Mm-hmm. All of our institutions must collapse. I don't necessarily think that Homo sapiens are the end product of God's experiment. Mm-hmm. That might be our ultimate hubris. And when I say God, I don't talk about some invisible Caucasian male in the sky with a big fuck-off white beard who speaks English and has a well-developed <laughs> upper torso. I mean, when you consider that most of us have our opinion of what God looks like from Michelangelo's concept of the ideal daddy top, because that's what that painting is. For that's, sure. Right? For like, sure. Michelangelo thought... What what's God gonna look like? Odin, right? It's, Pretty much, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, instead, it, he's like this gay Hemingway top figure. And, uh, uh, you know, Get out so, of here! I'm riding. So I don't, Poor you know, Hemingway. and so when we talk about God, it's God as you 
define him mm-hmm. or God as you conceive him or, or God as or you have created him. Or experience him. Yeah, or her, and it's not he, she, them, or, or it, it that you belong to. Right. I feel like I just want to quote Dylan and, and Beale's lyrics this entire time because <laughs> I am me and you are we and we are all together. Cuckoo, cuckoo. Well, yeah, and George, you know, George got into a lot of that stuff. I mean, God his... really is in the cuckoo, cuckoo. Well, God I mean, it's very, every, it's that, very that, that, zen. God enlightenment park. can't be separated because God, God is every, God is this, God is the space between us. Right. God is the crackhead. God is, right. is, is, you know, the murder that's happening and down the block. It's beyond language. It's the word God it's too. Existence. I think that right. people, it's beyond language. It's existence yeah, it's itself. Kind of a negative connotation yeah, with it. So, okay. it's called source or light. Or so, is it then, is it then life joy. force or love or is it actual atoms and electrons and strings or? Like, it's like, what? Where does it... Remember Nightmare Before Christmas? Huh? When he got all the, <laughs> the bulbs and everything off the tree and put them down and was breaking them and checking them out to see, like, what is Christmas? Right. To figure it out. And then didn't get it <laughs> yes. from dismantling everything. Right. So it's, I think it's, it's the an same in, thing. I think it's an in-the-life thing. And right. It's, it's like I heard someone saying that they'd like to wake up, uh, wouldn't you like to wake up three years from now and have everything learned mm-hmm. where you're knowledgeable but then i laugh because like <laughs> you have to go through yeah to learn to and learn what? everything yeah, yeah. and each of us is and are doing that on our own separately but together yes so it's like mm, how can we all ascribe to one belief one idea of what god is right what if we, we do can't. die and it is some white dude with like awesome abs <laughs> and a big Beard and he speaks English it, and he's like, "Hey, suckers! Like that. Oh, that was a waste of time." My, my, if you create, I think you eat, if you create your own reality, you know, maybe heaven or the afterlife is whatever you've decided it's going to be, and that could be a lovely like that place Robin your... Williams movie. That, yeah, where his yeah, wife exactly. made his oh, wife. Well, we're talking about the Buddha, so right? What dreams may come? Which yeah, is yeah. From what Hamlet. dreams may come? Yeah. But you know, we're talking. What do the Buddhists talk about? Create your own reality. Right. Manifesting. Well, maybe the afterlife is the ultimate manifestation, and that's why I, you know, hell is a historically recent concept. The ancient Jewish term was shoal, S-H-E-O-L, which was separation from God. They mm-hmm. didn't believe in a place of fire and brimstone. Right. I was, and I grew up abnormally Catholic from an extremely Catholic background. <laughs> you did. You I, were abnormally ab- Catholic, yes. John. Really, definitely. I was very abnormally. Strange. No, I don't know if you could trump my... No, we were very no, 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 no. We had open casket reunions. <laughs> we were very Catholic. His dad and mother were in... The church and met my, each other. My mother was a nun and my father was a Franciscan well, brother. I'll so. turn on her. Right Catholic. Like, I have nuns in my yeah. Yeah, family. <laughs> like, and I would spend the summer in the convent. Yeah. <laughs> you just trump me. Well, my mother yeah. worked in a Hats convent. My mother worked in a convent as a head nun for her old order. So I was around nuns all the time. Yeah. You can only imagine how astonishing and devastating and deviant my sexual technique is. <laughs> But it involves lots of black and white clothing. <laughs> but when you, but when, but, but you know, my, my attitude towards the Bible is you'll, you'll find a lot of truth in the Bible, not necessarily a lot of facts. <laughs> so true. And the Jews believe, the ancient Hebrews believe that if you died and your soul was not in the right place and you didn't go into the light that we all apparently see, all the people who've come back who've been pronounced dead have the same story. The ones who weren't ready to go, who can't go into the light, who hang around here and are poltergeists and are knocking mm-hmm. crap off of, off, you know, the spirits that don't want to move forward, that linger. And I recommend all of you take acid and watch the film Enter the Void. <laughs> Sincerely, watch the film Enter the Void. It's the best film about death ever made. But 
Do I have to take acid? I don't you don't have to take acid. Okay, good. But, but shoal is the separation from God. That's hell. You know, I was about 19 years old or 18 years old when I realized, wait a second, how, how can fire hurt a spirit? And boom, my, my cartoon version of hell that we're all taught just evaporated right, right away. You asked one of those oh, questions. Nice. Yeah, how can fire hurt a spirit? It's ridiculous. And then you, you know, that's actually not, you know, where the Bible came from. And Jesus mentions fire, but Jesus, in case you didn't notice, big on metaphor, big on parable. Yeah. And I don't know why the people who, they, they worship a guy who only spoke in parable and metaphor, but they can't read any of the Bible as parable and metaphor, <laughs> except for the parts about helping the poor. Good job. Yeah. Nicely put. So, you know, for me, hell could just be something as simple as separation from God. You, 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 well, and in that case, well, it's completely metaphysical. And I've, anyone who's had poltergeist experiences or knows about this sort of thing of ghosts knocking things down, you know, they, they linger around and don't go. Well, and I think hell is actually a, a lived experience because I know the times in my life when I was most disconnected to who I truly was is when I lived in hell. And were you creating that reality as you were living it? Of course I was. I was by making choices and choices based on the lowest version of who I thought I was or what I deserved. I mean, I'm I'm writing about it right now in my book in my 20s. I mean, you know, it's like, it was like this living hell and, and it is, and, and, and here's the thing, you know, but this is where it gets complicated for me too, because... So there are people on the planet right now who are – this is where I, I – I, I, the whole karma thing drives me crazy. Um, people living on the planet right now who are living in a fucking living hell right now and it's yeah. not their choice and it's not their doing because it's based on uh, politics and corruption and and business and systems and things that these people can't control. And many of them are happy than first world people. That's true. That's true. They have done those studies I, that, that, in some I went to Haiti. I was level. in Haiti right after the quake Yeah, doing some military shows and, and the soldiers took us all over that we saw so many parts of the island and saw us, I mean so much devastation, mass graves. And the one thing that struck me everywhere was that the the Haitian people were possessed of such a faith and trust and certainty and joy that I'm not going to be condescending and say they're simple and happier than we are. I will say that we would be eating each other in the same situation that they had after <laughs> the quake. What, that's what I see. We'd that's be, what I. We would be eating I, each this other. This is what I fear about America. It's like the minute when the when the standards start to go down in this country, there's going to be you know there's not going to be none of us are going to be resilient to know how to do anything like that. We're just all going to be you know get our steak knives out and protecting our water. Go, when they go when the Kardashians go zombie, you know. What's going <laughs> What do you They're mean, when? Already? Yeah, what's this future tense nonsense you're talking about? Yeah. When they eat Rob, it's on. <laughs> Running high. Oh, the Kardashians but, are getting know, here, a lot of air today. John was saying. Yeah. You know, it's just like, you know, people all talk about the light. Yes. Well, if we all get up and spin around like little kids used to, we're all going to be dizzy. We're all going to have that oh, same sure. kind of electron yeah, absolutely. experience. Right. right. It could be. And it it's becomes like the semantical weirdness of the word God and then Agreed. not unlike, you know, I believe a lot of what John said about like, well, God is in the acts and the things I do and it's my own. Right. Like I said, that whole Alcoholics Anonymous of if you want to pray to flowers, you know, yes. as long as it leads you the to doorknob. better behavior. It's intention. Yeah. The higher prayer, prayer is intention. So right. I, I just, I come back to as long as we keep ignoring math, you know, it's, it's funny for me. <laughs> that's so funny. Me, it's so like, funny. The reason that God is not part of enlightenment yes, for me yes. is that as long as we continue to ignore things like math and science, right. systemically as a nation, as a country, as a planet, yes. 
we're we're going to spend all this time waiting for you know to be good for the end right. tally. So this, this thing you that, don't yep. get enlightenment because you're not in the now. You're none of that whole yep. Sid yep. Arthur. Yeah, I think God is Herman part of Hess. enlightenment the same way I think God is part of ignorance, torment, joy, sorrow, regret, grieving. Sex. I mean, yeah. it's, it's all. It's. A, I mean, I guess. I guess. I guess. My umbrella deal. Right. My question is. I, I guess. And I guess my position also is as is that you don't need God for enlightenment. No. That you know, and, and that's that. That's you know. I think I, I can. I can. I can go with that. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Okay. Alexander Pope said the final proof of God's omnipotence is that He need not exist in order to save us. And that gets to the fact see, that it's about, but why, it's about intention. It's right. about that, what are you putting out that's there? That's my wheel. What are you putting out there? Yeah, for you sure. Know, for like, sure. Like meditation is when you let God talk to you. Right. Prayer is when you talk to God. Right. And the essence of prayer is what's the, and here, let's get into some artist way, new age territory. I had Marianne Faithful on my show for an hour. I'm Marianne Faithful. Marianne Williamson. Marianne Williamson. For an hour. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the smudge. She's kind of singing. faithful. Mar- Marianne Faithful is very sexy. I've met her. She's incredible. And, oh my God. The pictures for her on motorcycles. I saw she's sexy online. now, oh, man. She's sexy now. I met her when she was 60 and I was dazzled by her. I've seen her live a few times. She's great. No, but Marianne, you know, by. Now I lost where I was going. Uh, Mary Williamson and well, the she came. She came in on my intentions. Show. Yeah, and, and, and again, it's you know, it is intention. It is what are you putting out to the universe? Yes, and that's law of attraction. That's what comes back to you. One time, many years ago, I was in Florida and I heard a Catholic priest give a homily. The young priest in a room full of old people, and you know, you drive around the country today, and you want another problem with the Catholic Church. The churches are full of seniors who can't understand that African man who's the priest up there speaking to me. <laughs> but this young priest talked about something called a prayer of action. He's like, why are you pray- getting on your knees and praying and asking for stuff? Right. Why aren't you doing things and making that a prayer? Yeah. It was the first time in one of the few times in my adolescence that a, a priest said something that really hit me. And prayer, to me, is all about intention. And that's where all the scientific studies coincide with the notion of faith when you see how these people are healthier who do prayer and again these can be skewed and a lot of them are who knows who funds them but i do think that you know in terms of practical no i tell you doesn't newt gingrich (laughs) in terms of practicality you know i i do think that i i have to believe that when it comes to the afterlife when it comes to what you receive in this life the energy that you put out the intentions you put out count for something and it may be the place where you have to go within, deep into the human brain and heart to find it rather than looking without. Yes. There's a special on Netflix on DMT that goes really into that. <laughs> but it also... Is that the... No. No, that's... The Enter the Void is a film about death that'll blow your mind. Yeah. But, Joe but, Yeah, but it is all... We'll have a reading and watching list at the It's end all of the about show. what are you putting out into that's the universe. That's an optional. <laughs> yeah, that's an optional. That's an optional. <laughs> it's like gluten-free for those of you that are living in LA. Everybody listening to Kelly's podcast, write down Enter the Void. I'm not saying it's a perfect movie. There's some really bad stuff in there, but you won't believe what you see in this film. If I can get someone to sit with me and I'll do the acid and watch the movie. I'm committed to this path. I'm committed to this path. You just mentioned that your heart. I think that has a huge thing to do with it, whether we're open-hearted or closed-hearted. And mm. I know like if you can feel it. You can feel a tightening sensation kind of when you're just like, uh, and you want it to go away and you want to, you know, make it better. Somehow. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I think um, being able to sit unconditionally with what is no matter what it is in the world and in your life, for me, immediately relieves suffering. Mm -hmm. If I'm worried about something or if I'm excited about whatever the thing is, whether it's a positive or negative valence to it, doesn't matter. You're not resisting. Yes. It's not resisting what is. Mm -hmm. And there's something about that, just doing that, that that in itself creates 
immediately creates possibility that could not have happened five minutes before if I if I couldn't just be with what is. Yeah, can you sit with it? Yeah, can you interviewed my brother? Can you? Yeah, yeah. He went to Naropa to the the Buddhist university. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's it's. And what's so funny is that I'm always catching myself whenever I'm in a thing in my head or whatever. It's so funny when I realize that it's just because I'm in resistance of something that just is, or is it, or, or I just even see like, oh, I'm just making up those thoughts of worry about da da da. Like I don't even know if that's going to happen for sure. I'm just worried about it, and yet it's I'm completely manufacturing this thing that's now creating actual real stress hormones in my body, which is then creating me wanting to eat way too much of that sugar in that. Form of a cookie or what? Yeah. It's so amazing. It? Once the again, cookie? it's math, everybody. It's math. Yeah. It is. It is. Kelly, a problem. <laughs> I think reading is loser direct TV. <laughs> reading is important too. Yes, it is. Yes. Too. Well, it's to be here now, right? It's, it's it is completely yes. to be here now, and it's um. And that was a George Harrison song that Oasis ripped off. Oh, really? And then oh, choosing snap. how you react to it. Yes, and and you can only choose if you're really not like stuck in the game of it you're like an observer you're not clinging you're like okay this is really crappy right now but it's i get it i'm present i see the way i'm reacting but it's all going to be over you know it's it's i've had that experience where it's just like this totally blows but yeah it's it's going to be over and sometimes i'm even in (laughs) i know that was really deep and sometimes i'm even in the negative reaction going look i'm in the negative reaction i'm in the negative reaction i can't change it right now but I'm aware that I'm in the negative reaction and that I'm fucking my brain up right now. So I'm just going to be really nice to myself. But wouldn't you say, (laughs) wouldn't you say that the awareness that you're in that space, even without the ability to calm yourself and direct it, but the awareness that you're having that fit of anger or anxiety of fear, isn't that partially enlightenment? Uh, Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's a path towards it. Yeah, because it's it's basically being – I think the ultimate enlightened state is being able to see – to be the observer of everything. That like the ultimate enlightenment is understanding that you are just observing this thing going on. So the more you in any little moment can understand that I am just witnessing this person called Kelly – having this issue or whatever it is or this world or this or this these politics or this you know or these this uh country doing this thing um there's there is a stance of enlightenment and then the trick is also is not just to sit back and say okay well i mean it's okay to be the witness but the bodhisattva is the enlightened one who said you know what i'm gonna stick around and i'm gonna help relieve some of the suffering that i'm witnessing yes so that's the second step that's the jesus part of it exactly you know that's the, i'm going to roll up my sleeves or, and actually do the work maybe that's the artist's part a hundred percent yes yeah. for sure and it's part. and it's all of our part i mean no matter what we do just part. being kind mm. to you know the, the the stranger you meet at the gas station or in the, the supermarket or whatever just as citizens it's our part to be here and and On acknowledge Earth, each other yeah yeah give us a stand Give us our trust. Or be nice to like the vagrant that's sitting in the audience at a show and give him a cigarette and then lose lose like your judge of character and then all of a sudden your cell phone is gone. Just like that. (laughs) If I had a nickel for every time. Wait a minute. Uh, There's something wrong with this comics. <laughs> you look up your phone and you chase them all over West Hollywood and you Aaron attack them. Erin is reading from her we new paperback. 
Aaron's reading from her new paperback, This Totally Blows. <laughs> this totally 1995 blows. Diamond Press. It'll be up on Amazon next weekend. You could give a ride to the guy with his little dog that says, could you give me a ride to the airport? And then give and then him a ride. And he rapes you. And then he, and you get near the airport and he doesn't say anything. And then you... Like we're supposed to get out like now. Which airline? Which you're to supposed to, to get out now? And he doesn't get out. And his dog is in there looking <laughs> at you, and he's talking to you about the cars that pass by. Yeah, them Cadillacs are nice, man. Oh, yeah, I really want me one of those. Right? Are you going to get out of the car now? Because it's at the airport, and I got things to do. So, so this will be a different topic called judging character. I just want to say that I, I, I believe in the Buddha's teachings on impermanence. At least for today, I do. <laughs> for this moment. And uh, I really think that all those crucifixes where Jesus has great abs are just designed to make the Buddha feel insecure. Um, <laughs> but at the end of the day, as the Buddha said... By the way, that's a Chinese Buddha. Oh, that, well, actually, that's, that's Hotai. That's, that's it is, Hotai. actually is Hotai. Yeah, right, I have one yeah. of those. Yeah. But at the end Loving of the day, Buddha. as Buddha said, the obstacle is the path. Uh, unless you're coming into the city from Jersey, in which case, take the path and avoid the GWB. <laughs> That's right. This is Tolls are a bitch. Um. <laughs> okay, a kid came up to me. At, I paraphrase from there. You did, just slightly. What? It was the only Zen, one of the Zen stories I have in my life that just was, that stands out that I remember. A little kid came up while I was eating my sandwich at a store and said, Hey, how are you? How how old are you? I'm three. Are you looking forward to being four? He went, I'm being three now. Oh, I love him. <laughs> and I was like, be okay. here now, Bono. Okay, I said three. I got you, Buddha. It's like, all right. Something happened there. I that love changed him. me. I am being three now. Stop rushing me, you people. You're always rushing me. It's amazing. <sighs> I'm so being three. 50 right now. <laughs> Stop rushing me. Uh, uh, so Alan Watts um, has a, what we were talking about earlier. I think you just said something about this. Where the menu is not the meal. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, which are the, you know, the path is not the journey. Uh, I, I really figured that out, I think, when I have a thing about maps. I love maps. I just, I'm like, ever since I was a kid, I used to like I was, the, I was the one in the back of the car with my parents with the map. My dad taught me how to read them and waiting for the Route 56 thing to come. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, and I keep a track and I just, you know, and, and I just know where we are. And then now we have them on our phones and there's these little blue dots and there we know exactly where we are. And, and, um, and, and so, you know, time for a movie. And so, you know, I used to go to that Bodhi tree looking for that fucking map. Like, just give me the map, right. you know? And it's, how did this place ever go out of business? You're there every Every day. <laughs> Me and but, Shirley know, McLean. That's kind of like, but, that, but going the Bodhi tree looking for the map is kind of like reading Peter O'Toole's memoir to figure out how to have an acting career. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it is. It is. It is. And You're like Jesus. You speak in parables. And, he, and now we're going to follow John. He's got the hair. We're, we're definitely going got the hair. to now. With my mother, too. We are worshiping <laughs> John. Thank you. And, it, and I'm homeless it, almost. It's so. such a cool. Hey, I like your sandals. Does he have sandals? He's not wearing sandals. It's not like, it's not like John. <laughs> I'm talking about Jesus. Oh. Um, I thought you were talking about you. <laughs> um, oh, uh, what was I going to say? I don't know what oh, I was like going to say. You were talking maps. about Alan, Alan Watts and maps. maps. Oh, Alan Watts and maps. And um, he, he, so what was really a freaky moment in my life is when I figured out that 
There is no map. <laughs> there is no map. There's but it's no really spoon. freeing when you like can really like go. You there's know, no what? map, but there's 20 million motherfuckers offering directions. Oh my yeah. fucking god! <laughs> Everybody's got an opinion yeah, about everything. Give a, little, give a little change. To well, God, 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 short of cash. Uh, yeah, I mean, not not only the the official people, but everyone, everyone's. You know, oh, you shouldn't be eating this, and you should be driving like this, and doing this, and doing that. And it's just after a while, I just want to. All I just want to tweet sometimes. Shut the fuck up, everyone. Everybody. You're loud. And then I realized She's I should just get off. I just, I'm not that loud. <laughs> but but then you, you realize that, you know, your I'm, awareness is being tested. I'm choosing right. Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> yes, totally. Your, your map story makes me feel better, though, because I hated maps. Oh. Because I just, I couldn't, I hate them. <laughs> But when I moved to LA, someone was like, "You need to get a Thomas guide." I was like, Thomas "What guy. the hell? Ew! Like that is disgusting." <laughs> oh, see, and I was like, Ugh. "Like I think they're pretty. I like looking at them." Oh, now I, I go to page one twenty three. They're pretty. I'll hang them on my a, wall. A four twenty six. Yes. Ooh, a, 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 number. Look, there's, there's a number. Pretty. I like there's the some... colors. But when I got you know out of like school, like oh now I have to create my own map and yes. my own no, guide. Oh, what am I doing? I wish I was better at geography. And now I know it doesn't matter. No, you don't need to know geography. Kim Kardashian is releasing her maps. <laughs> Follow your heart. Her oh, my God. Eyes. My map is in my heart. <laughs> yeah, Follow once your upon own a time, internal GPS. Once upon a time, someone told a young, Tim, uh, uh, a young Ted Bundy to follow his bliss. Yes. Just keeping that in mind. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. Adolf Hitler, it doesn't matter whether you're a painter or if you go in the government. Just follow your bliss, Just follow Adolf. your bliss, Adolf. <laughs> What makes nightmare. you feel good at all? <laughs> That's why people always say, you know, if you could, if they had a time machine, they'd go back and kill Hitler. Yes. Everyone says they'd kill Hitler. But I'm anti-violence. I couldn't do it. So I would go back and buy all his paintings. Yes. I Adolf, think that would work. this is some great stuff. you got to keep at that. You... Nine, my paintings don't sell. The Jews keep me down. No, Adolf. No, I'll buy them all. And here, I brought some of this with me. Smoke some of this. It'll help your painting. Put away the pamphlets, Adolf. You don't want to be into politics. No, 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 no. no. You don't want to go there. Listen do, to do more you, opera. Do you think he's in hell? If there's a hell? He's in Argentina. He right? was in hell when he was alive. I think yeah. that was the most miserable. If he's in hell, he's really furious at these Tea Party guys for drawing his stash <laughs> on a black dude. Um, all those Obama posters where he's got a Hitler mustache. You don't have any idea how much Hitler did not like black men. It pisses him off in hell. Oh right? He's really mad at these Tea Party guys, but he'll tell them when he sees them. <laughs> you know, actually, it's funny you ask that because if you read Conversations with God, which was a book I was really skeptical about until I read it, and I, I, I get I like what that Neil guy's Donald doing. Walsh. Yeah, I yeah, get I what like he's him. doing. Yeah. Well, if, if, if someone told you at a party the plot's about a guy who walks downstairs at two in the morning and starts writing on a notebook and God talks <laughs> through him and he reads back what God told him to say right it's rubbish but right. you actually read it and it's really compelling thoughtful stuff and god in the book says to him during one of their late night sessions you will not understand me until you understand this hitler went to heaven oh what okay. and it took me about 10 years to get my mind around that concept hitler went to heaven yeah but his bags went to jersey <laughs> ah. <laughs> I can't wrap my head around that. I know. I will not be sleeping tonight. Wait. Because he's all forgiving. Well, but then I, but you know, like heaven has always been a weird concept to me. I never understood it. And I never seemed practical until another. It's rather boring. Well, my mom, the ex-nun, gave me a tape of a lecture of this priest, Bob Hunt, called Intimacy with Death. Because this is how my family relaxes. 
And uh, no, I wish. I, I did acid when I was 17, and I thought, oh, I wish my dad would do this just once. Oh. Wow. Wow. Um, and, I, and I still wish he had. I, I think everyone should, starting with Congress. But I, 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 one thing this priest Bob Hunt said was that you have to understand, and this is, again, a Catholic who takes it all very literally, but he said something that was blew my mind. There's no time in heaven. Right. Time doesn't exist. Clocks exist. Time is this man-made concept. Right, sure. In heaven, there, it's not on earth. There's no sun orbiting, you know, earth orbiting the sun. There's no time. And that, that blew my mind. That blew it all open for me and thinking everything's happening at once. And when I was a kid, I developed a theory about heaven that when I was like 13, that made a lot of sense to me that heaven's full of all the souls. There's no time. And they're all saying, hey, God, send me down to live in your creation. Just give me, give me a trip anytime. And God's like, what, you want to be a painter in the Renaissance? Yeah. You want to be a nine-year-old Hindu boy with polio? Yeah. You want to get killed in a tsunami? Yeah. You want to get this horrible AIDS disease in the 20th century? Yeah. You want to be Hitler? raped and murdered in the old... You want to be Hitler? <laughs> and they all and all the souls say, God, we're coming back here to the same place, so let me go live, grieve, and suffer. And if I suffer for many decades, it doesn't matter in the big picture because I'm going to be spending eternity here. And send me back for more trips and more trips. And when I was a kid, that was the only way I could understand heaven was was to think of it in those terms. But see, that's the way I think. Because the notion of souls hanging out for all eternity, right? But see, not very practical. It's 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 one of the reasons why religion turns people off to any kind of spirituality. Well, and and see, and I see it like in the big electron sense of the word. Yes, your father. Yeah, that it's like it's all energy. We're all going to go back to energy. All matter is energy. Energy can't end. And and when I see the hummingbird come into my garden, I always say hello to my mother because I just decided that hummingbirds are my mother and dragonflies are my dad. And those are the intentions you put out. Exactly. And and yet you're still loving in the present tense. Completely. And and so. So I just, you know, and it's like, uh, it's like when Thich Nhat Hanh, um, he lifts a piece of paper and he says, what do you see? And he says, I see the wind and the ocean and the sun because it takes wind and water and sun to make trees, to make paper. And like he sees everything and everything. And that for me is what it all is. It's like, yeah, right now where I'm in this shape and I have this mind and I can speak this language and I've decided or not decided, I don't know, I'm just, I am, I happen to be Kelly Carlin in this lifetime, but I'm going to go off and be electrons and I don't know how they're going to form and what they're going to form into next. And I don't know, I don't know if we hang out going, hey, I want to come back down. It sounds interesting, but um, I know that for sure I'm going to be one with everything when I when this consciousness goes, and maybe there is something else. I don't know. I mean, reincarnation I, is sort of like the ultimate regifting. It is. It's. <laughs> it is. And and you know, and I've had some weird encounters with my mother and father after they died, and I don't understand those. Maybe it was in my mind. Maybe not. I don't know. But uh, it certainly helped me make sense of everything. And you know, I I keep telling them to come and knock something over and (laughs) they haven't done it yet but i don't know so and that's and that's part of the i think that's part of this whole thing these this questioning we do is like what is there life after death it's like here's my theory on life after death if there is life after death great that'll be interesting if there's not fine that'll be fine too because i won't know exactly that's just the way it is. Exactly. That's yeah. so enlightened. It, thank you so you know, much. Like, will there be life after 2016? Yes. You know, oh, God, I, mean, I know. Fucking A, I mean, man. All this stuff for me, and this is my own personal uh, whatever on earth, comes back to whatever my journey is, if I'm solving it and being better at it and being mm-hmm. a better person, a better mm-hmm. human being, how can, I, how can I ever translate that to the others out there to the bigger that are doing the bigger world that are doing this thing locally right 
Yeah, yeah. Person, uh, person. you know, so here's my matter what happens. After and here's my thing. Why 2016? But see, here's you know, my know, here's my thing here, for me is politics. But I want to I want to reframe that for you. You can either spend all of your time and energy thinking about all the things and people that are wrong with it, or you just get up and do what you know is right. Well, that, that's, I that's think it's my, way easier. Like, I can only move towards yes. trying to make something that'll help one person not think that. Which is beautiful. You know, there are welfare queens and all that. For yeah. me, it's very like I can't worry it's, about it's, the afterlife. That, that yeah, is I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I, 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 when I worry, why, why would you worry? Because math it? and population is what what is what worries me. <laughs> that's what we're really yeah, dealing yeah, with. Nobody yeah. believes. Not enough people believe in math. Yeah, you know, in, yeah in this whole true. cosmos thing, right? And everybody's ignoring the ultimate math, which is the population. Yeah, explosion. see, but I, be, I really right. believe that. So you're not helping people. Planet, there's going to be planet, more of them that you're not helping. Planet Earth's going to so take Malisha, care of that. Yeah, yeah. I, and I believe in the. I believe We're in Gaia. Be shaking off Earth's shoulders like dandruff. Yeah, right. I mean, like dandruff, like climate, a climate change Gaia, is going to take care of itself. Gaia is going to take care of it. There's going to be. Oh, the Earth will. Mother Nature is going to take care of it. Well, that's what some scientists have said. There's going to be a virus. There's too much pollution and emissions in the sky. Well, Mother Earth will just reduce our numbers so there's not so many emissions yeah because you gotta understand it's 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 a it's an eco it's an ego it's an ecosystem Mm -hmm. and the ecosystem knows how it's trying to balance itself and it will just do what it does and it's not personal to our species or whatever but it's just gonna go oh okay well uh, all this is happening well there's too much of this there's too much of that boom 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 and and it'll just and and my and I, you know, it pisses me off. But he's fucking right. You my don't dad have to, is right. Yeah. The fucking planet will be fine. You don't have to believe <laughs> yeah. in climate change. Yeah, yeah. The people the are fucked. Gonna Pack be your fine. bags, folks. Earth, Earth, we're and, going and away. We might not. We're not. We're not necessarily the end product that's here to save Earth. It might be what comes after and us. And what's you know what's so beautiful about that is and so God's and so torturing about that is that. Whether you call it God or whatever, it's that ego is not in charge. Our ego Mm -hmm. says, oh, we're humans. We're the best thing that's since sliced bread. And we even invented sliced bread. And we're, you know, so we're going to (laughs) make everything in our image. Over to you, id. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And so the ego, but see, when when you say that, when you say we might not be the, we most likely are not the end product of this experiment. We may be a dead end. Or this thing, this mind, this self-awareness consciousness may evolve into another species, another thing that can exist. Way station for like two thousand one. Who who knows? We become a giant embryo floating around. We exactly. The whole dropping obelisks on planets. But the whole plot of the of the book two thousand one is that these beings became so enlightened and so evolved they were able to leave their bodies and live in machines. And yep. then they left the machines and just lived as gods, as spirits. <clears throat> and, and they placed the monolith on the moon because when mankind could find it, <clears throat> they would know, oh, something was along. here before. Right. We left right. you as apes. When you find this thing on your moon, we'll come back. Right, exactly. Nice. And so, that's yeah, how they brought religion and science together. So it's like that that new like Wi Fi tag you put on your bags. Again, math <laughs> and science. <laughs> yes, you yes. Know, that was that was nothing other than GPS and, and a very large iPhone. And this is what's so interesting about this Malaysian Airlines thing to bring it like totally full circle is that our math and our science right now is not doing it for us. We can't find this airplane. All the ways that our math and science have been created in order to track an airplane, to find an airplane, none of that is working. And so when all of that goes away and our math and science doesn't work for us, we immediately fall into crazy land. Yeah. 
created it's theories. Crazy, crazy conspiracy. He doesn't even know what to do because there's no facts to there's, even grab. There's no to, facts. There's yeah. no math and science happening. It's it is a mystery. Something happened. We don't know. It. We don't know everything. They. This. We found out that hey, when you're in an airplane, they don't track you every ten seconds. They. Mm. You know that if the transponders are turned so off, the they UFO, don't know the where the airplane. Are beautiful. I, they're, I love the UFO. They're <laughs> all beautiful right now. I mean, it's amazing the theories that are coming up and the conspiracy and it's the CIA and it's the US and it's Al Qaeda and it's this and it's that and it's like but all, that would be, all that would be there anyways if they found wreckage there would be a bunch of these people going no they took them off and they took yeah. the bodies out and that's if just fake wreckage landed on the, if the plane landed on the water and did a water landing it would have sunk and that explains the lack of debris yeah, well, yeah, but I'm just saying that you know. But but my, but my point is is that but the point is is that our that all of our technology isn't yeah. it doesn't can't protect us from everything and that I think <laughs> over to you cancer and and I think this yes in this 21st <laughs> totally. century this scares us that we really believe that technology is and there's a lot of people believe that technology is going to save the day for the species in the end and I don't it's made know it worse. yeah you know if you it's do, made it worse if you, do, if you do if you do enough time in hospice with dying loved ones you realize yeah. <laughs> what an illusion we operate under most of our lives absolutely I completely agree with yeah. that completely. yeah and in yeah. the end it's just you and whatever else is out there and you gotta decide what you think it's gonna be so you can have a peaceful transition absolutely yeah. it's up to you and your own heart absolutely once again, we're back to the heart. Mm-hmm. It's all in your heart. It is. It is. No, sad. No, what? <laughs> don't be sad. I'm sad. No, don't be everybody's dying. Let's figure it out. Well, okay, but then the other things are born. You know what? What? I'll find more Buddha jokes this year. What's that? I'll get more Buddha jokes. Okay. Oh, would you? Would you? Do you know? You know the one about the Buddhist monk who goes up to the hot dog vendor. Yes. You know what he asks him? Yeah. Yeah. What does he ask him? One with everything. I'd like to have one with everything. Please I'd like make, to make my fist make, one with the guy who wrote that joke. Make me one with everything. <laughs> I would like to make my... That's not very enlightened of you, John. No, it's not. But chicks dig on the enlightened guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing unenlightened guys are desireless because they're getting nothing, let me tell you. <laughs> Doesn't it feel like we're less enlightened now currently like uh, that's my sadness no i feel that we know more about what other people are thinking i think we've always been less enlightened and that we know more about what other people are thinking and how they operate and therefore we think we are less enlightened so we're less deluded yes there are more enlightened people yes because now i think it's both i think everything is happening at once Mm -hmm. i think we're getting better and worse at the same time i'm very comfortable I, I, i i as bob dylan wrote on his second album i accept chaos and, yeah. you know, you can look at the world and see how much worse things are getting. And then you look at the fact that this year, last year on Easter week, there were two marriage equality cases before the U.S. Supreme Court. That's true. And if you look at it and think, how, yeah. did, how did the marriage equality fight begin? Well, it began in the AIDS crisis when no one came to help the people who were suffering from AIDS and the LGBT community got mobilized, stopped waiting for politicians. People came out of the closet, said, I am gay, deal with it. It was a, I, was, I moved to Greenwich Village when I, in, in the 80s as a teenager, and I was at a front row seat for ACT UP protests. Mm. And we saw a group of people demand their rights, and we got to have a front row seat in this country for the swiftest advance in civil rights of any oppressed minority in the history of the species. In 25 years, they went from Reagan not mentioning the disease yeah. to a sitting president endorsing marriage equality to the Easter week. Easter, a time... Uh, the story of Easter is a story of, of, of humiliation and loss and death and rebirth. And seeing two marriage equality cases come before this Supreme Court that week, that's the Easter story 
story, and it all happened because of a plague. So to me, yeah. everything you want to show me that says we're getting worse, if I look, I will see evidence that we're getting better. So I had an amazing, enlightened moment the other day, which completely uh, just, you know, connects to that, which is I sat here the other day, you know, because the thing about pursuing enlightenment, a lot of people pursue it just because they pursue progress. It's all about evolution. It's all about progress. But the reality is that... What we look at right now on this planet and in our lives, what we have here right now is due to equal parts life and equal parts death. That without death and dying, there would be no place to stand on the planet because every plant that ever grew would be fucking <laughs> you alive. You think it's hard getting a cab now. <laughs> <laughs> and every single person who was ever here would be here. Yes. And so, and so there has to be death and life in the moment and that equal parts of it have to be in existence. Yes. And so that what is present for us is a beautiful balance of those two energies of things getting worse and things getting better in every single moment. And yes, humans are accelerating it. Humans are fucking it up. But who knows? Maybe that's part of the whole fucking dance. I don't know. But it just it, it relieved some sort of major need to fucking worry about everything when I realized Oh, shit dies in its own time and other shit emerges in its own time. And 99.99% of all of that, I have no control over. <laughs> Daylight is good at arriving at the right time. Yes. It's not always going to be this gray. Yes. And and I, I suddenly got that, that. I really finally got what fucking yin yang, that yin yang fucking yep. symbol is. And I really yep. fucking got what all that meant. And it was like this emo huge epiphany. I walked around all day in it too going, wow, man. <laughs> it's all because like I'm on like I'm walking down the sidewalk and if it wouldn't be the sidewalk if there was this much death and this much life and they had to be coming up together at the exact same moment oh my God. and the co-creation of it all and oh my god so I had an major light moment so that was uh, yes the whole it's getting worse and it's getting better and ain't that the way it is fuck getting better all the time couldn't get no getting worse you wouldn't know time. it's getting better from watching American television no no yeah. no. Karl Marx said religion is the opium of the people he could not imagine 500 channels and porn he on demand he could not that he <laughs> he and he and he would have used it to his advantage too man <laughs> get some grooming tips girl <laughs> queer eye for the communist guy <laughs> 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 oh my god, I want to see that. Okay, so uh, thank you all for being here today. I hope we have enlightened our audience. I know I feel more enlightened and I feel more warm and fuzzy just and all around just from hanging out with you guys for the last hour and a half. And uh, let's go around and uh, find out what's happening. And, and what do we do? We want to promote something? Chris Bono, what do you need to promote here today? Paintings. ChrisBono.com and look at my print yes prints of, he's got amazing oh, prints one of, your father one on of my father there. is there yes and i've got some electric bottle lands on that and i will be doing another live version of it at ios i think next month uh, che so. check out chris's uh portrait painting that he does it's uh unique the style is amazing uh he's uh he captures something about each individual that's it's just it's I a like it's a it's a bono it's a, when you see it it's I, I, I a like bono talking to people and you like Seeing painting who they people are. and then that's what happens when I paint that's so. right it's very very nice and that's excellent so Mr. Einbinder mm. um, any uh, thing happening are we going to see anything that you've created in the last few months uh, out on the uh, airwaves no no no. <laughs> no 
No. Unless you watch a lot of commercials. Yeah, yeah. some people yeah. do. So, some people don't have the DVR. No, no, I have nothing to plug. Nothing. And uh, I just, I don't want any of my 178 Twitter followers to be upset by that. <laughs> Please don't leave Everybody me. follow Chad. Sorry He's about brilliant. the underscore. Follow I'm sorry. Everyone, fo- everyone listening here, please follow Chad. He's very funny. He will entertain you on the no, Twitter. I have nothing to plug and I'm proud of it. Okay, that's good. Yeah. I like that. I like that about and you. Latent. You are a rebel of a man. And uh, Miss Erin Brown, are you a hot red carpeting anywhere this Yeah, uh... well, I just did a bunch. Oh, carpets. I'm a yeah. Little, I'm, yeah, too many. Uh, <laughs> but please subscribe to my channel on YouTube. If you're on YouTube, it's youtube.com hot red carpet. Yes. And next week I'm uh, doing a couple stand-up shows, which I'm excited about. Oh, good. Yeah, Tuesday I'll be at uh, Three of Clubs. Nice. So if you Twitter me, I'll hook you up. Ooh. P.S. It's a free show. Um, <laughs> and Wednesday, I will be at uh, the Ice House competing for California's Funniest Female. Oh, yes, nice. It's a really legitimate contest, I'm sure. So come on out and support us. <laughs> and Mr. Fugel saying you're on Stephanie Miller all week here. Uh, tomorrow, and- I'll be hosting the Stephanie Miller Show. If you're in L.A. tonight, I'm performing at – what's the name of that place? Bar Lubitsch. Bar I'm playing at tonight. Oh, nice. Tomorrow Bar night, Lubitsch. we're doing a, uh, a Comedy Nation show in Santa Monica, California, in the basement of a church. Chris, you want to come open? Sure. Okay, Chris Bonner will be there. He just, did you see that? <laughs> booking. booking and, uh, right I'm working on this PBS movie about the American dream that's sort of taken over my life, but I, 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 Can't I, wait. I'm working on a book, and I do I pop up on TV now and then. And uh, The Sexy Liberal Tour will be at the Chicago Theater in April and Pope Joy Hall in Albuquerque in May. Fantastic. And Mr. Logan, are you going to be anywhere this next week? I am going to be at Sit and Spin in April, yeah. and I'm doing Top Tune in April, and Taylor Negron and I are making an album, and yes. lots is happening. Very, very cool. So Could I ask Chad if, if you wanted to do the introduction to my book that's coming out? Yes, I, I do. I want to write the <laughs> foreword for This Totally Blows. <laughs> Sweet. And I will be on my back deck with my laptop in my lap, typing away uh, incessantly. Uh, but in two weeks, uh, I will be back here uh, with the show, and I will have a guest who's written a book called The Beautiful Question. And uh, his name's Warren Berger, and I'm actually in the book. Uh, so I'm very excited about that. He'll be a great conversation. And... Um, other than that, I'll just be. I'm going to the. I'm going to the woods. This. I'm going. I'm going to Big Bear tomorrow. I'm going to go nice. stare at fucking nice. trees. I'm going to smoke pot and stare at trees, people. That's what I'm going to do. Well, so if you need the medicine, you got to take it. Uh, you know, I do it as a recreational thing <laughs> in order to play the <laughs> board games. The board Seattle. games are much more fascinating. <laughs> Seattle and Denver both like totally recreational fun. Yes. See, so. And uh, I think that's it. I'd like to thank you, Logan, for uh, you, moving man. all the dials in the exact yeah, same man. way that they needed to be moved. And I want to thank uh, Will Wilkins out there who is making sure we went out live today. I have no idea if we went out live or not, but Will, I hope we did. Yeah. And uh, thank Mr. Kevin Smith for always supporting this podcast. And uh, and hell, I'm going to fucking thank the Big Electron today because, you know, uh, what the hell? Might as well. All right, you people have a great uh, week or two weeks. Uh, Love your neighbor and uh, kiss uh, your loved ones. Bye-bye. There's never been a time There's never been a time There's been a time as fucked up as this <laughs> as
fucked up as this I didn't fuck it up They, whoever they are, they fucked it up. Now it's fucked up. I can't unfuck it up. You probably can't unfuck it up. And if we're counting on them to unfuck it up, then we're all fucked. Just turn to the person next to you and ask them nicely. Did you fuck it up? Go on, ask them. How about you? Did you fuck it up? Now sit back and look at them and say, because you look like someone who could have fucked it up. Now it's fucked up. ourselves up off the floor and create a tone of camaraderie and ask, could you help unfuck it up? And then say, are you really so fucking busy you can't take one fucking minute to help unfuck it up? Then lose the righteous asshole attitude and take a breath and say, because I'm willing to pick one thing to help unfuck it up. Won't you join me? Oh, that's better. Does that feel better? Yeah, I'm feeling the love. The problem is that you just can't help feeling bitter that it's fucked up to begin with. You just go round and round like this. Okay, back with me now. I didn't fuck it up. Let it out. Come on. You know you feel it. You probably didn't fuck it up. You don't have to believe it. Just go with it for now. But they, that's right, shift the blame. They fucked it up. Now it's fucked up. That's right. Okay. Yeah, you're clapping, but... The problem is deep down inside, you're feeling depressed and hopeless, right? You're just going to change the world. What the hell happened? Okay, I got it. We're going to come together for this one. I need your help. We're going to fill this room up with love and inspiration. And it won't last past the time you leave here tonight, but everybody on this side, let's all unfuck it up. Okay, real loud and proud, let's all unfuck it up. Now you got to keep going without me when I leave you. Here we go. Let's all unfuck it up. Doesn't that feel good? Keep it rolling. Now over here. We have a special part. It's a little repetitive, but it's fucked, 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 it's fucked. Can you do that? It's fucked, it's fucked. Okay, middle, ready? I wanna be an unfucker. I wanna be an unfucker. That's right, it's fucked, it's fucked, it's fucked, it's fucked, it's fucked. Oh, yeah, really loud. 
one more time with all your heart now. This has been a production of Smodco Internet Radio. Sir, only at Smodcast.com. Hey, Kev, it's time to record a new Smodcast. Fuck off. I'm listening to one of the other great shows on the Smodcast Podcast Network, Scott. There's so many to choose from. You damn skimpy, there's so many to choose from. I'm on five every week myself, man. Uh, Hollywood Babylon on Monday, Smodcast with you on Tuesday. Jane, Silent Bob, Get Old on Wednesday with Jay Muse. Fat Man on Batman every Thursday. And then I wrap up the week with Edumacation with Andy McElfrish. There's so many to choose from. Hell yeah, son. And those aren't the only podcasts. Those are just the ones I'm involved with. What about the podcasts of Smodco that don't feature me, man? Like Tell Em Steve Dave. Last Week on Earth with Ben Glebe. I Sell Comics with Ming and Mike. There's so many to choose from. Hey, man, there's also Film School Fridays or NetHeads or Get Up On This, Team Jack. There's so many to choose from. The Breaks, man, Waking From the American Dream, Bagged and Boarded, Phoebe, Soundbite Nation. These are all the shows you could be listening to over at Smodcast.com, Scott. There's so many to choose from. And if audio's not enough for you, man, if you're just like, no, I want the thick dick of video as well, man, we can go to our YouTube channel, which is C-Smod, or you can watch Comic Book Men, our show on AMC, following The Walking Dead and The Talking Dead every Sunday. Night. There's so many to choose from. That's right, Scott. There are so many to choose from. So get choosing, kids. Go to smodcast.com. Start getting picky, man. Stick these sweet, sweet oral sounds into your ear pussies. There's so many to choose from. You said that already. There's so many to choose from.